Hi, and welcome to show number 37 of the El Capsita Travel Talk, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm your host. For today's show, we catch up with George from show number 33, titled The Start of the Journey. In this show, he's in the Lima airport on his way to Cuenca, Ecuador. We'll hear about what it's like for him to travel during the time of Corona. Before we start, I'd like to remind everyone that you could donate to the show, even as little as a dollar. Please take a look at the podcast notes to see how you could do so. Our Facebook page has the written stories, and if you're someone who likes to write or have an idea for a future show, please send me an email to lcapsitatravelTalks at gmail.com. Questions, comments, any observations on how I could improve on the shows could also be sent to lcapsitatravelTalks at gmail.com. I'd like to thank all the people who have been listening from all over. Special shout out going to Turkey, Finland, Japan, Switzerland, South Africa, and many others that are listening in in different parts of the world. For now, please get yourself a cup of coffee or a tea and enjoy today's show. Okay, George, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. I am uh, one plane trip away and a four-hour bus ride away, finally getting to see you and, uh, and getting to experience beautiful Cuenca, so I'm, I'm pretty happy. Okay. Okay, so the last time we talked, you were still at home in Canada, and you had just finished finished up your, your work there. So what's happened since then? Update us. You know, first of all, I, I slightly failed, I got to be honest, because I didn't realize uh, how intricate and different these uh, COVID, I guess, rules, regulations, um, and processes and procedures were. I guess I relied too much on the airlines, you know, and I had too much faith. And what happened to me originally is, when I left Vancouver, when I left Canada, I had my, my flights were all booked and I was going to Vancouver, Mexico City, Mexico City, Lima, and then um, Lima, Ecuador. And when I landed in Mexico City and I went to board my flight or, or go to check in to my flight to Lima, they asked me for my COVID test. And I said, <laughs> I said you know, what are you, what are you guys talking about? And they, uh, they said that, you know, everybody who was getting on a plane going to, especially Lima, Peru, which I, I, I didn't know, had one of the strictest protocols in place where you needed to have a test within the last 72 hours to be eligible to even get on the plane. And, and there's no negotiating. There was, no, there was nothing that you can do. And trust me, I, I tried. So basically, I, I, had, I stayed in Mexico City for four days and I have a friend in Mexico City. So it, it worked out well. And um, I got my, my, it's a PCR test, I believe it's called. It's nasal swabs, extremely uncomfortable. Uh, 24 hour results and you know good news is I don't have COVID so then I, I rebooked my flights uh, four days later Latam Airlines was extremely kind very kind you know they at no cost at all they just you know changed the dates for me then I jumped on a plane to Mexico City yesterday from Mexico City to Lima yesterday and uh, now today I'm, uh, I'm on my way to Ecuador okay and right now as we're talking you're sitting in the waiting room <laughs> yes sir I'm about uh, two hours away from boarding I passed security I am in the airport right now Okay, let's break it down a little bit. Let's, for the people who might be thinking of traveling at this time right now, let's talk a little bit about what's it like going through the airports, what the planes are like, what are some of the procedures that are going on right now? And yeah, that's a really good point, Tony, because actually myself too, I've, I've let my followers on Facebook and whatnot know that um, every single country in the United States, as an example, every single state has its different rules and regulations and, and different protocols. So it's really important that you do your, you know, you perform your due diligence before you jump on a plane and, and not just listen to um, rumors. You know, there's, there's websites and an example, Latam Airlines, if anybody's planning on traveling uh, to South America, I would strongly suggest that you go onto their website and they have a list 
with every single country that they fly to and what those rules and regulations are. And uh, as an example, uh, Lima is one of the strictest, if not the strictest, and in the airport, and I mean, they take this seriously, you know, and, and I respect that. I mean, they're, they're protecting their people, but in the airport, it's mask mandatory at all times. And I'm telling you, I took my mask off for literally two minutes, you know, just for a little bit of a breather. And somebody comes up to you and tells you, you know, security comes and says, you need to put your mask on. And in the plane, in Latin Airlines, uh, on the positive note, there's nobody sitting next to you. There's about 20 to 30% capacity on the flights, except in the flight for Latin Airlines uh, going uh, anywhere like Peru, Ecuador, stuff like that. In the, fl- in the plane, it's mask and face shield mandatory. And I found out that Colombia, I was speaking to a gentleman here today who was from Chile, but who travels all around South America. And he was explaining to me that in Colombia, it's eye protection. So you need safety glasses, shield and mask. So, you know, each place has its own requirements. So anybody who's planning on traveling, you know, I would strongly suggest to do your due diligence because you might end up four extra days in Mexico City like I did. Okay. The face mask that they, you talk about, they gave it to you or you had to go out to the duty-free and buy your own? Or is there some Absolutely. guy outside at the, the front of the plane selling them for you know, on a, on a two for a dollar, two for a dollar, come and get it now, come and get it now. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Tony, that's a really good question. And this is what happened to me. So short answer is you got to get it yourself. And, you know, that's the short answer. They don't provide face shields, but um, my mask, the, the elastic strap on my, uh, or the band on my mask broke uh, in the plane and they have other masks, you know, so for, for, for mask replacements, it's, it's not a big deal. But the shield itself, again, I, I wasn't aware of that, right? So Latin Airlines, you know, I had my COVID test done and everything was great. I get my boarding pass and I go to walk away and I guess they knew, you know, that if I didn't know about the COVID test, I probably didn't know about the shield. And I was in the Mexico City Airport and um, one of the uh, employees for Latin Airlines, you know, they were great once again, said, listen, sir, you need to have a face shield. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. And there was uh, an area in the airport, there was a pharmacy that sold them. So, um, and I believe, I think if I'm not remember, if I remember correctly, it was like 10 US dollars. So it's probably, it's probably, yeah, wow. For a little piece of plastic, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite expensive. So. It probably best to like again, you know, due diligence, and and I failed on that part, but uh, you know, live and learn. Live and learn. Yeah, it's always important anytime that you're traveling that people do check on certain informations, not only for the countries but also for the airlines. I think that's really important because sometimes you might have two or three airlines flying to the same destination, and each one of them might have a different regulation within the airlines themselves. Also, absolutely. Okay. So how about, what's the, what's the feeling been like? You just mentioned that you spoke to a guy from, from Chile flying around South America quite a bit. You know, usually when you, at least myself, when I'm flying and I'm traveling, I'm always chit-chatting to other people. And, you know, of course it's a bit annoying sometimes to be squeezed in between two people, but at the same time, I usually use it as the advantage to meet the people beside me in the airplane. What's that feeling been like on the airplane with the, with your fellow passengers? Hello, travelers. You know, it's really strange because even in the airports, it's social distancing, right? So social distancing and masks. And, um, you know, speaking for Lima, because I'm here right now, it's extremely, they take, I mean, it's really serious. Like there's uh, footprints, like, you know, there's um, uh, stickers on the floor indicating where you're allowed to stand. I mean, on the escalators themselves, literally on the escalators, there's red steps. You know, there's distance between the, the steps on the escalators that indicate that you're not allowed to be on those steps. And even on the airplane, it's social distancing, and, it, and it feels a little bit, how can I put it? It's like a ghost towns. You know, the airports are half empty. The planes are, are 20, like I said, 20 to 30% capacity. So is that the intimacy, you know, that sometimes you get when you're traveling with your, 
with your co-travelers and stuff. You don't, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're distanced and everybody kind of is, I'm going to say is awkward to talk to each other because of the social distancing. Right. And this gentleman that I was speaking to as an example, I was at the hotel uh, in Lima, right across, right at the airport. And we were, we were outside, we were sitting outside and he was at his table. I was at my table. We were having breakfast. And, um, you know, we started, we struck up a conversation and, you know, we hit it off. We were both from the construction industry and um, anyway, so we get up to exchange information or whatnot. And for a split second, we forgot, you know, for a split second, it's like we were all alone and we, we kind of forgot about the COVID. And I, all of a sudden I saw like he clicked, you know, and he, he jumped back, you know, four feet away and he went, he put his mask on. And, and then when he left, you know, we didn't shake hands. We bumped elbows. And um, so, you know, there's, it's, it's a little bit different, you know, it's a little bit different, but I got to tell you, I'm, I'm still grateful that at least we can travel and that, um, you know, we, we get to move around, but I tell you, it's, it's, it's really weird to be in, in airports that are like ghost towns and planes that are only 20% full. Yeah. So it's a little bit like each person is looking at the other, like you could be the potential uh, <laughs> yeah. passer of COVID to me. Yeah. And listen, it's so strange. And the funny thing is everybody in this airport, everybody had to have a COVID test. Nobody in this airport is, you do not allow in the airport you know, you could not get onto a plane. You can't pass security unless you have a, a COVID test in the past 72 hours. But it's like people forget that and everybody treats each other like, oh, no, no, you know, maybe you're the one, you know. But uh, I mean, it's it's the times of today, right? One of the things that I've heard recently, they say that in the airplanes, that because the airplane naturally changes its air every, I don't know, a few minutes. Three minutes. Three every minutes, three yeah. minutes. There we go. So maybe you know you could explain that. Currently, right now, they say that the airplanes are actually the safest place to be anywhere because since the air is being changed constantly. Actually, it's funny you say that. I Yesterday, in the airplane, in Latham, the, the, the pilot, he specifically, one of the announcements is now about the air system and the filtration systems in the plane. And he, the, the pilot himself, you know, during his, his takeoff announcement and, you know, he's telling the weather and, and the, you know, the, you know, the altitude you'll be flying and how long it's going to take you. He also mentions that um, the, every three minutes, that's why I remember, because it happened to me yesterday where, you know, at 99.9% of all bacteria, and it, uh, you know, and everything gets filtered out and it's, it's clean air every three minutes. So you're right. The actual, the cleanest air right now and probably the safest place to be would be in an airplane. Okay, so there you go, everyone. Anyone who wants to go traveling, it's time to start traveling. Okay. Exactly, uh, and go to Ecuador. And go to Ecuador, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, in Ecuador, just to let you know, just to give you a, head, a heads up on that, we are not allowed to go outside without a mask. It's an $80 fine. There are footsteps all over the place, the social distancing. And yes, it's true. Every so often, you're in a situation where people sort of forget and they're like, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay, yeah, we're supposed to be social distancing. But in general, here, from what I understand, I've, there's been a, one or two Americans that I've ran into recently and they've said that in the States, there's not that much restriction like there is here in Ecuador. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of restrictions here. Everybody will spray your hand. Everybody will check your, your so you'll, in, a, in one given day, you might get your, check, your temperature checked at least 10 times. So get ready for that. And you know what, Tony, same thing in Mexico City. You know, although Mexico City as, um, let's say as an airport, so as, a, uh, you know, as a, a gateway, so coming in and out of Mexico City, no problem. But the city itself was actually extremely well organized and uh, strict. Seven o'clock, no alcohol. I walked into a restaurant, you know, a nice restaurant. I was, you know, and I walked in at 6.59. By the time I washed my hands and I sat down to the table, it was 7.03. I went to order a bottle of wine and he said no. And the gentleman next to me, you know, had beer on the table. He had ordered it, you know, 10 minutes before me. 
and they adamantly refused. And uh, I tried a couple times. You know, originally I didn't know that there was a curfew for alcohol. Previous day also, which I was later, it was like nine o'clock. They said no, and I mean they they don't even they don't mess around. So uh, although it's easier to get into Mexico when you're in Mexico City itself, you can't enter any building without a mask. And everybody in the street, not say ninety five percent of everybody walking around still wears masks. And the social distancing, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's uh, it's different times for sure. Very much so. So you get on the plane from Vancouver, you said, right? You get to Mexico yes, City. They tell you you cannot board the other plane, and now you have four days in Mexico. So tell us about some of the things that you were up to during that time. Because at the end of the day, you, we can say, okay, yeah, we are spending four days in a place we didn't plan on spending on, but that sometimes could be an adventure within itself. It was, you know what, Tony, it was and the funny thing. The greatest adventure was getting a COVID test. I mean, you know, I, I speak Spanish a little bit. The words I know, I, I know, pronounce them very well. And sometimes that throws people off, you know, so when I introduce myself and I, you know, and I say, hola, como esta, they think, and then they just start talking to me like I'm, you know, I speak Spanish fluently. So for somebody, thank God I had a friend who lives in Mexico City, because again, I was under, I was on a deadline, you know, I, I wanted to come see you, I need to come to Ecuador and. You know, the longer I stay in Mexico City, um, it, it hurts the budget. You know, that, that wasn't part of the plan. So, um, you know, my my skirt, you know, my mission was find a COVID test. You know, you get it, you get a COVID test and, you know, get it and get the results like in 24 hours. It's not that easy, you know. And like I said, my adventure, big part of it was, you know, to get my test. And, and then uh, I'm a foodie. I really like food. So I spent most of my time trying uh, different restaurants and uh, going to mariachi bars and drinking some mezcal. So... Um, I, I definitely had a good time. Okay. So you got off the plane, you contacted your friend. How did you actually find your COVID test? I know that, of course, people go on the internet and look for things, but how did you, how was that process? It, you know, and from, you know, as well, like when you travel, you, you build a network, right? And my, my friend, he's, he's a friend, you know, like a, an actual friend that I, I met in Mexico City. So he's a great person. And if it wasn't because of him and the network, you know, like I said, that I, that I had, I don't know how I would have fared because again, my Spanish is not fantastic. So I would probably went to Google and I would have asked a taxi driver and I would have pointed, you know, to this address and, and then, you know, um, I would have went and it would have been the first three places that I went to because true story, actually, sorry, forgot, I forgot to mention this. The first day when I, I was in Mexico city and they told me you need a test. I had about seven hours before my flight. So I thought, you know, I believed to myself that, you know, maybe I could get something done um, right away and get a result in, you know, two hours. So that's what I did. I literally Googled COVID test Mexico City. I jumped into a taxi and I started pointing, you know, to the first, the closest location. And when I would show up, there would be, I mean, I was not the only one, you know, there was sometimes there was 50, 60 people in the clinic. Again, you know, you got to walk in and I'm in a hurry and I, you know, my Spanish is not perfect. And it was hectic the first four hours. And then I, I kind of just gave into the universe and said, listen, you know, I got to stay in Mexico City. That's, that's the way it is. I'm not going to let it kill my plans. It's no big deal. Mexico City is a great place. And, you know, I recalibrated the situation and I called my friend and, you know, he was really happy. Like, so once my friend came to pick me up, it became a lot easier. You know, once you're with someone from the country and from the city, you know, thankfully I had him or else it would have been quite challenging. And I think that's why it's important to perform your due diligence, you know, before you're going to countries, especially countries where you might not be comfortable with the language, right? In, in a podcast that I just finished, we just talked about that, about how it's called the Sky Bank, about how as you go through life, and as, especially as a traveler, being good and keep doing good for others. And when the time comes that you need help, there you go. Your friend in Mexico City was there to help you in that situation. Yes, sir. I mean, it, it, was, uh, it worked out, you know, when I had a great time. And like you said, sometimes the, the best things are not planned. 
you know, and it, and it worked out well. I, I got to see him and I hadn't seen him in almost a year and a half. And so I think it happened for a reason. You know, we reconnected and, and uh, he introduced me to some of his family. So I, my network, you know, of friends in Mexico City actually grew. So, you know, there's a positive note right there. Okay. And some of the food, what were you eating? Because Mexico has some great food, Mexico City especially. Wow. So, so there's this restaurant called La Pita Haya. La Pita Haya Vegana. And it's a vegan restaurant. And, you know, Tony, as you know, we've been discussing, I'm, I'm planning on going and changing my diet to um, no four-legged animals. You know, we're going to start with no four-legged animals. So I, I took the opportunity to, to see what kind of vegan restaurants there were in Mexico City. And I'm going to tell you something, my friend. It is, I, I ate there three days in a row. Like, I'm not even joking, you know. And usually, I like to try different things. The restaurant was so good. I ate breakfast and uh, dinner you know i was there three days in a row it was incredibly had organic coffee um it was some of the some of the best homemade mexican food that i that i have i've ever eaten in my life all vegan 100 vegan la pita haya vegana it was incredible in the it's a little area called uh, roma which is a little it's like a chic kind of kind of town kind of area in mexico city it was it was really cool man it was i really enjoyed it i would recommend it to anybody and how were the restaurants were they all open were they open partially what's you know, that situation it, it, like did they so it, again really weird because open but very strict on social distancing you know tables marked no access you know so everything is at at least minimum 50 percent capacity sometimes 30 percent capacity depending on, on how how strict they are and how they lay out the restaurant or or whatnot but you know again you know it gets getting used to right because you know we're used to walking in places and kind of sitting at any table you like and uh, you know you want to sit by the window no problem or whatnot but everybody got to keep in mind that number right now it's all about you know social distancing masks this but they stay open they stay open so i would i, I would travel you know it's like you were saying before if anybody's thinking about you know oh i can't travel i don't know yeah travel is extremely possible but again you, you got to perform your due diligence or you might end up in mexico city or somewhere else for four days but uh yeah i mean it's good to travel i, I would you know you, we got to get up there and live our lives i mean um you know we got to be careful but I, we, we can't leave this situation, keep us locked up at home. I mean, that's not healthy. Okay. And you mentioned about going to the mariachi bar. So the bars are open because here in Ecuador, we don't have bars open yet. Okay. So I'm still coming. Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, but, but we like, okay, we have the restaurants that's the restaurants are allowed to serve alcohol, but if it's, and things are, ca are put in different categories. So you might have a restaurant that, is right now sometimes maybe serving a little bit more alcohol than than normal but an actual bar was just like a bar where you go in and it's just drinks or a, or a disco or a dance club whatever you want to call it those sort of places are not open but was there well, actually mariachi where you're able to go yes mariachi dancing so it, and everything yes i got videos and, it, and i mean it was so much fun i can tell you something in, in an area called garibaldi in mexico city which is one of the I guess the tourist attractions and, it, and it's a square, it's Garibaldi square. And you know, there's live mariachis in the square and there's restaurants and bars, you know, right all around. So we went there and there's uh, police officers on horseback and you know, they have horses that you can sit on and, and you can uh, take pictures on. And so the square itself was open, but again, about 30 to 40% capacity, which um, I don't mind. You know, I, I'm not too crazy about, uh, you know, huge crowds and, you know, you can't even move around and bump it into people. And, my friend who took me to Garibaldi Square, he said, George, usually this place is jammed. Like you can't, you know, you, you can't walk around. You're, you're kind of squeezing yourself through the crowds and stuff. And on a positive note, you get a little bit more freedom and it's a little more easy to move around. And the mariachis were out there and, and the bars were open. You know, Mexico City is a little bit unique in a way where uh, sometimes rules don't necessarily apply to everybody or to, you know, all clubs. 
And it was weird because in Garavaldi Square, you know, when I, we first got there, it was past curfew for alcohol. And we were walking around and I wanted to, you know, I want to try some tequila and, and, you know, drink some mezcal and, you know, taste a little bit of the culture. And every place we were going to, they were saying, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, a gentleman, you know, heard that we were looking for a place where we could enjoy some live music and potentially have a drink. And he grabbed us and says, right over there. And there was a place in Garibaldi Square. You walk in, they serve food, they serve drinks. There's a bar and it was a live mariachis and singers and, and it was awesome. I mean, I went back two days in a row. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Was it like one of those moments where you're, you're just like, okay, this, yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> Why should I, should I have just stayed home? You know, hey, Tony, I'm going to tell you something. There was a split second where I had doubt. When I was in Mexico City and they wouldn't let me on the plane and I was tired, you know, I mean, I, I didn't get to sleep on the plane. My flight, uh, I left around midnight from, um, from uh, Vancouver when I was in Mexico. I couldn't sleep. You know, my plan was to sleep on the plane and usually I sleep very well. I used to travel by plane to go to work. But for some reason, I, I don't know, maybe it was nerves or excitement and I couldn't sleep. So I was so exhausted. And when, when I got to uh, Mexico City and I, and I tried to get on my plane to go to Lima, and they were like, no, and, and it seemed so difficult. And I spent like three hours in a taxi, you know, driving around like crazy, going to clinics, trying to get a test. And, and it wasn't happening. Uh, there was a small little voice, you know, a little bit of doubt saying, you know what? Go back to Canada, you know, like go back to Canada, reorganize, wait till this COVID thing's over, whatever, you know. And then I stopped myself, you know, and I stopped myself and, and I just, I refocused, you know, and I was like, look, it's not the end of the world. You know, sometimes things happen that are a little frustrating and okay, you know, you got to work through things. And sometimes the, you know, to get to that, to the pot at the end of the rainbow, it's not easy. There's no easy button in life. You know, things happen, you know, things happen, you know, and uh, we're in a, a really strange time right now with this COVID. And at the end of the day, I, I it was my fault. You know, when I calmed down a little bit and, and I had something to eat at the airport and I had a little bit of water and I was thinking to myself, you know, at the end of the day, George, it's your fault. You know, you didn't perform your due diligence. You didn't find out what you needed. And, you know, these are the consequences and, and that's it. You know, there's nobody else to blame but yourself. So, you know, put your big boy panties on and, and tough, suck it out, man. You know, so, so that's what I did, you know, and, I, and, I, and thankfully, like I said, I had a friend there, you know, had I not had a friend in Mexico, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I still believe I would have, I would have stuck it out and I would have done the same thing, but I probably would not have had as much fun. Okay. So I, I always, at the end of my show, I always ask for that word of advice and it almost sounds like you gave me the answer, but if there's anything additional that you want to add as the final word. I just, I'd like to recap real quick by saying, look, it's not ideal traveling conditions. You know, it's, I'm not going to tell people it's, it, you know, as fun as it used to be. I used to enjoy the, the trip, you know, like part of the getting there was, was fun, you know, and, and I used to enjoy that. It, it's different now, you know, so I just want people to understand that, you know, having a face mask on your face and a shield seven, eight hours, you know, is not fun. You know, it's, it's, it's not pleasant. I don't think it's worth not traveling. You know, I, like I said, this is temporary and stuff. And yeah, you know, I'm sitting here in the airport. I got a mask on my face for four hours. I'm going to be on a plane and I'm going to have a shield and a mask on for another two hours. And, but I don't think that that should keep us from, you know, living our dream or, or taking a trip or experiencing life. You know, it's, it's a, it's a speed bump, you know, in life right now. And it's, it's going to be over, you know, eventually. And I just, I, I would suggest to people just perform your due diligence, know what you need to do. And, uh, you know, the more prepared you are, uh, the easier it'll be. If I would have prepared, I would have, I would have chose to come anyways, right? Okay. I, if I knew about the shield and everything, I would have come anyways. And it would have been easier for me, you know, because I would have known. So again, just prepare. Don't keep this situation from letting you travel. Okay. On that note, I will see you in a couple of hours. I guess we'll be seeing each other face to face in about, I guess, about six or seven hours from now. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Take care and see you soon. Ciao. 
Once again, thank you for listening in. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Hopefully, this will be helpful for the people who are planning their holiday trip coming up, the December and January month. Hopefully, we won't have to worry about this soon and we'll be back to normal. But until then, as always, George's information will be on the podcast notes if you'd like to contact him to ask him any further information. And please don't forget to subscribe so you get all the updates as soon as they come in. If you're interested in supporting this show through donations, please take a look at the podcast notes to see how you could do so. The Facebook page with the written stories. And if you're someone who likes to write or have an idea for a future podcast, please send me an email to lcapsitatraveltalks at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, or ways in which I could improve this show could also be sent to that email, which is lcapsitatraveltalks at gmail.com. For now, please stay safe, and I look forward to seeing you one day here in the El Capcito in Cuenca, Ecuador, or in our sister location in Quito. All the best until our next show.